This is Shifron Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. I was thinking about playground games. Mm. And I don't know where the phrase came into my head from, but the the, um, the playground game of Kiss Chase. Yeah. <laughs> remember this? You'd I run around the, game, the yeah. playground and then you'd kiss the person that you called. I wonder if they still do that. Mm. Interesting to find out. Do you think there's some kind of like health and safety crackdown on it? or like a, Are we recording? We are. Okay, we're definitely right, recording, yeah. Um, yeah, it might be one of those things that's like uh, a little bit too risky for schools now. That, you know, they don't want to risk a sexual harassment suit or something. Well, I don't think the teachers mm. ever taught us the rules of Kiss Chase. I don't think they were involved in the process of I know, learning. but they can step in and say to oh. the kids that, you know, that we don't play that here. Do you think in, in my day they were just letting it go, like, as they would, they would have done with, with Conkers and Yeah, you could basically play. smoke in the playground <laughs> in <laughs> our fine. day, couldn't you? But not, not these days. <laughs> Fucking PC brigade. Well, and also, and, um, it, it feels quite quaint, though, doesn't it? Having, society having moved on children's expectations and you know morals and, and morals being different than they were kiss chase just seems ever so low down the scale tame. Of, very yeah. tame mm. what would it be now like the the sorts of things that <laughs> sex chase. heavy petting chase oh god well i don't know i mean i don't know if kids are necessarily more sexually advanced because there's like everyone says now kids are more conservative in many ways than they were really in, yeah like generally more conservative I must. I need to hang around with children more because I don't know what they get up mm. to. But I, in my mind, it's much dirtier. <laughs> like fingering chase would be, oh, you know, good. the idea that children are actually more pure and puritanical. And mm. I think this is what I've heard. Really? About, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's just like a general kind of air of reservation. I think in that they're more concerned about their futures and more responsible and wow. worried about money and stuff because they we make them grow up so fast well because because you know the generation spends the money and the next generation is worried that they won't have any so yeah. I think there's an element of that well maybe we're due another cycle because presumably these things yeah. aren't necessarily on a continuum it could be on a spiral it so you know be. the next generation might be you know wantonly abandoning their yeah yeah oh interesting it probably will be so yeah keep an eye on kiss chase right. <laughs> At the weekend, I went to the folksy summer school thing, which yeah. was amazing. Um, you know, folksy is a bit like the UK Etsy, so it's okay. like people, individuals, sort of makers and crafters making mm-hmm. stuff. And they had a big conference in the woods uh, in Sheffield, and it's brilliant. And one of the people I met there was a chap called John Wilshire, who is quite well known on the internet, I think. Hi, John, if you're listening, <laughs> obviously listening right now. Um, it worked yeah. last time. Don't knock it. I know. Poor Wes, honestly. He nearly crashed his car when we were shouting at Wes on the last episode. But, yeah, so John makes games uh, for clients and stuff. It's one of the things he does now. Mm. And he's he like brought out this pack of cards in the pub, which was a brilliant um, game where you sort of have to make up a scenario using three cards that you've just dealt, and they've all got just weird stuff on them, like magic, rocket ship, the moon. And then you have to create... Um, a sort of dilemma involving the cards, three of your cards. Is it a storytelling game? It sort of is, because the other people then have to solve your dilemma using their cards. Interesting. And you have, you don't know what cards you're going to get dealt, so you're sort of looking there going, well, I've got a monkey and the Titanic <laughs> and the Elvis, and then you have to kind of make something up out of that. Oh, I want to play but this. It's actually, yeah, it was really good fun. Do you remember what it was um, called? 
it's well at the moment it's just a prototype game. Mm-hmm. We're talking about games on Shift Run Stop. Like, I realise it's all we talk about. I know we might have to change our definition. <laughs> <laughs> Coming too accurate. Um, so uh, it, at the moment, it's just called the Awesome Game, and it's kind of a prototype for um, a well-known beer brand stuff. But it was good fun. That's great. But while we were playing that, um, I was talking to some of the other people. They were talking about that thing of like uh, how games. In fact, it was it was uh, Greg Povey who organises Playful, which is a big uh, games conference in London every year. Greg was saying that he really wants someone to do a talk sometime, and I thought you should do it, Greg. Um, Basically, he really wants someone to talk about this um, sort of dialectic evolution of games and how different people play card games you know depending on who you're with and what part of the country you're in Mm. and stuff people just have slightly different rules for they all think they know how to play you know um shithead or rummy or whatever but everyone plays in slightly different way and it's quite often with monopoly as well and like you know board games people have slightly like oh no you never do that everyone's got different house Um, rules yeah exactly that sort of what are the house rules and that thing with when you're saying about playgrounds like playing um kids playing skipping games and stuff in different schools mm. they all have slightly different things you're allowed to do and not allowed to do yeah Where does that come you must from? be able to map it and draw mm. lines around where or maybe they're fuzzy maybe they maybe they change mm. gradually as you shift from one one area into another mm. um as to you know what's what's the right way of playing hopscotch or what are mm. the you know what are the words when you're doing that particular skipping game yeah yeah Fun. it probably requires a fair bit of research mm. Yeah, I suppose it would. You'd have More to go with all the schools. <laughs> yeah. You could do a fairly light, sort of speculative thing, possibly, or anecdotal. Just ask people what they did at their schools and things. I don't know. That would work, yeah. Like, but it's case you could do a, a historical memory. perspective. You, you know, could. what was going on 20, 30 years ago yeah. across the country. Yeah, who was playing British Bulldog and who wasn't. Because I went to a lot of schools when I was growing up, and some of them we had British Bulldog, and some of them they didn't even know what that was. Mm. And, you know, there's like a real range there were lots of games um what we play in our street that usually involved standing by the lamppost and counting oh yeah like sardines and yeah i mean at its most basic hide and seek yeah but then there were lots of variants on that where mm. it wasn't just hiding but you had to you had to get back to the like lamppost and yeah exactly you had to get in it. before yeah. yeah yeah you had to sort of beat the person who was seeking back to the mm. back to the place where they started from and it's funny how how do people pick that up yeah, where does it come from like someone's older friend or neighbour or cousin or something must tell them. And they've and been must have just been going down. Gradually line. shared through generations over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And there were definitely places that I lived where we just played back to base in the in the street for hours all through the summer. That's the only game we knew. That's the only <laughs> game we ever played. And then there were other places where we only played like ball games or, you know, mm-hmm. um made something Kiss else chase. up. I never really played Kiss Chase. I did. I was aware of it at school. I think it was a little bit frowned upon, though. I think you know. So sardines is like risky. hide and seek, but mm. you have to join in with the yeah. first person you find that's hiding. You find them and then you hide with them. See, that's got a bit of a sexual frisson as well, <laughs> isn't it? There's a bit of a... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I suppose it depends who you're playing with as well. If you're playing with your family. It's like slightly less. Erotic that's true. Yeah, that siblings ne- never going to be too erotic. <laughs> did you do? Um, did you do treasure hunts? That's, that takes some organisation. Mm. So uh, not very frequently, only mm. as part of proper organised fun. Like right. maybe maybe in the Cubs, we right. almost certainly went on. Well, I think for some reason they're sometimes known as a beetle drive. Right. I don't know why they're called that. Maybe there were also, there were some quite violent games that um, I've played called Wide Games. 
Right. And in a wide game, you'd often, it would be a large, um, you'd need a big area for this, hence mm. the wide game. You know, it's a, a game right. over one area. Um, and often, yeah, and often uh, it would involve getting a coloured piece of wool wrapped around your wrist, mm. tied in a, in a knot. And then you had to collect from the other team mm. all, of their, all of their wool bracelets. Yeah. And like getting the Hunger them, Games. Like the Hunger <laughs> Games, but with less actual killing. But symbolic, yeah. symbolic death. Mm. But certainly it was a bit like paintballing. Mm. Instead mm. of having paint, all you had to do was pin somebody to the ground and take the thing off of them. Um, and I think it was up to you how violently you wanted to defend your bit of wool. Mm. So some people, as soon as they were touched... They would stop and they would stand still and they would just hold out their wrist for their wool to be right. ripped from their arm. Right. And others would, would Put up a real vigorously <laughs> defend it and you know, hold, hold it to their wow. chest and, and you know, go down screaming. Is it quite a boys' game, this? Well, I, I remember boys and girls playing it together, okay. but yeah, yeah. May, maybe it was a particularly <laughs> testosterone-filled <laughs> afternoon of fun. But yeah, we would, we would run across um, like a, a local park or a, um, maybe even a beach or you know, like a big mm. open area. Um, and yeah, that was a... That was could get quite vicious. Sounds quite fun. Yeah, yeah wide quite, games. Yeah, did anyone have weapons? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I saw. Or a bow and arrow. I was always quite wussy. I would uh, give up my wool quite quite quickly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, other other people were... Maybe, you know, some of the older lads might right. might turn it into a bit more of a tussle. Did you do, like... Because um, I mentioned Chinese burn... That's right, I did some sort of joke about Chinese burns night on burns night <laughs> uh, last year. And... Um, People were tweeting at me saying, no one's going to get that. And, like, kids don't do Chinese burns anymore. This is, again, the thing of, like, kids nowadays yeah. not having that what sort of a... baptism of fire <laughs> of being, like, actually tortured in school like we were. No, that's, uh, there must be, that must still happen. But that used to be horrible. It's, it's painful. <clears throat> yeah, and, I mean, all this stuff happened to me. And you think, what kind of kid would, like, grab a little girl's wrist and like, try and... Wrench it around. And... Hurt her? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know where where the names come from, or you know, that's mm. another example where it must have just gone down through the generations mm. and passed across schools and the Chinese. Like, why? Why, <laughs> why are we? Why are we referencing the Chinese? Like, what do children know about some, the Chinese? Some no, reference no. to torture. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's kind of just almost like just permeated subconsciously into the brains of children that there's something happened. He's saying like back to base. That's kind of slightly military as well, and there's like. British bulldog, like that's that's yeah, very kind of wartime, yeah, symbols of empire and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Chinese burns. Actually, that that brings to mind um, not just games, but but rhymes and songs that would be quite inappropriate, mm. but would you know we'd definitely you know whisper quietly. And and one of them that I remember from school was um, in the Chinese Nick, where they hang you by the dick. Oh God, that reminds me of the Fraggle Rock. Down at Fraggle Rock, <laughs> grab, grab your a fraggle, fraggle by, by his the cock. cock. Yes, generally. Oh, you had the same one. Penis That's measure. interesting, though, isn't it? Like how? <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> it's, just, it's so random. If <laughs> we both growing up in very different places. And yet, children. Because that would never have been broadcast. Like that. That's never been what, on television the, or radio. The actual, no, it's, it's completely generated by children. And yeah. when we grew up, you didn't have 4chan and Reddit and Urban yeah. Dictionary. You know, you didn't pick these things up from no. remote strangers. You only picked them up from people that you met. Exactly. So it's just it must just spread because Fraggle Rock couldn't have been on telly for that long. But yeah, it spread. Or people were sort of spontaneously making up the same thing. And the same would have happened for other other. Um, TV programmes I remember, you know, Batman has several versions, Dallas yeah. has loads of different yeah, versions yeah. of the song. How would you finish this phrase? <laughs> Tree ball mints are a minty bit stronger. Stick them up your <laughs> bum and they last a bit that longer. So, where did that come <laughs> from? How did we both know that? <laughs> <It's wrong>. He's. 
Well, I think somebody should do this talk, and it should be very interesting because we're <laughs> we could do we're it. pecking at the edges. We could do it. We could do a live. We could do this chat live <laughs> but for Playful Greg. If you're listening. <laughs> please, can we do a talk? Don't crash your car. Can we do a talk at Playful? And listeners, please send us your examples of the songs and the games mm. that you played at school. Send them to us and we'll collect them. Yeah. I would also be interested to know... Yeah, we'll talk about them in the next one. And I'd be interested to know if um, anyone else had Popping Candy Band at their school. Uh, you didn't have that band, did you? I think it was. I think Because your, your gullets might have exploded. There was a fear that something bad had happened once. Also, we had, like, you know um, Alice bands with little kind of plastic teeth in them to kind no. of push your hair back with? What? In you know what an Alice band is? Um, that goes on your head. So yes. you look like Alice in Wonderland. Exactly. Okay, and they're it goes often on your head. they're often made made of uh, velvet or some soft, nice material. Uh, maybe they were in like the seventies. I'm imagining a royal blue velvet right, Alice band. That's quite a kind of public school girl thing, yeah. But you're saying some of them had like dentata, like yes, human they teeth had sticking out. Dentata. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, not like human <laughs> teeth. Not uh, they weren't realistic teeth. Um, they were like a, a kind of plastic comb. Oh, metal little, little triangles, but on the inner shark. surface, yes, yes, not the outer surface, but the inner oh, no, surface, no, so that you no. could brush your hair back with exactly. them. Exactly. Now yes. I'm with you. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't a girl. I didn't right. have any Alice bands. I, I had to teach a boy how to do a plait yesterday. <laughs> I do know that. You go into That's the middle pretty, with each yes, one. Yes, exactly. Start but on the outside. Go into the middle. It's so interesting that guys never learn that. I but did. Girls know from like the age of two. Well, how <laughs> did you know? Did you have a sister? Probably no, a girl. I didn't have a sister, but maybe a girl taught me. Taught you? Yeah. Or maybe I made bread. Right, it's the same thing, just plating. Plating the bread. Or like making rope, maybe? Probably, I think we probably did a, did a thing at school. Probably yeah. had to make a, make a plat, probably yeah. with bread. But you're saying um, the teeth on the inside of the yes. Alice Band, were they, they, they were there verboten? There was a rumour that mm. these Alice Band's uh, children fell over, the teeth dug into your skull, mm. and, um, and that this had happened to girls at my school, and no one ever, ever heard We couldn't of take it them out again because they uh, got embedded. Right, it was stuck like, like in tripods, you know, when they, <laughs> when they get the uh, thing at puberty where they get capped. Um, so it was, it was that, and that was the kind of vision that we were sold on it. But I don't think it's even possible. Like, if you fell with such force, the, the bands were made of really thin, shitty plastic. It would break and yeah, fall so, off. It would not yeah. embed itself in your skull. Well, for one thing, forever. your skull is, is quite sturdy. Although the skin is, is prone to bleeding. You know, yeah, when, when you do yeah. cut your head, it bleeds a lot. But, yeah. but the teeth wouldn't have been that strong. And, right. and my biggest problem with it is how many children fall over and land on the top of their head? <laughs> That's a really <laughs> unlikely way to land. Yeah, so they were banned. Uh, also lollies like running with lollies in your mouth and stuff was always a thing that you weren't supposed to do wasn't it as a kid because they would go they would get forced straight back into your throat well also you shouldn't you know put pencils up your nose and and pretend to headbutt the desk but that was the thing that you know was it oh people always said that somebody in an in an exam um (laughs) someone in an exam decided to end it all put one pencil up each nose and headbutt the table was that a room in your school definitely in the room in your school yeah that that never could have happened. That never happened. The reason you can't hear Layla is because she's covering her oh mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> she's horrified. It's, it's quite a graphic just, image, and it sticks with you. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And now you've thought of it. Yeah. Next time somebody's putting a pencil jokingly up their nose, you're going to tell them that. Yeah. And it will be in their head. It's, it's a meme. It's good, yeah. These are, these are pre-cat memes. It's brilliant. Shift, run, stop. So we're back in, uh, in the centre of London in a park, and it's snack time again. Yeah, it feels like just now that we did the last one, but um, it wasn't, it was like at least a week ago. It was It was at least an episode Minimum ago. A week ago, possibly more, who knows. 
It's just as hot though. <laughs> it's weirdly barely. Exactly who knew, who knew this heat wave would go on for it? for as long as it takes between episodes. Welcome, Lee. Nice to see you again. Good to see you again. I see you've uh, let your beard grow again. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, uh, what are you clutching between um, your warm little hands? These are, uh, these are snackers. Uh, KP has uh, a range of like uh, snack and nut mixes. And uh, this is the spicy chilli version. KP snackers spicy chilli. Oh, they're hard to get into by the look of it. Wow. Right. They look like um, a very a very thick packaging has been used here. No, it's not that thick. It's just quite tough. I mean, maybe it just melted itself shut. <laughs> so this looks like little sort of fragments of um, biscuit and crisp. Oh. It oh, looks like the thick. bottom of something else, like the bottom of the bag of something else. <laughs> Small parts. Little, they are little tiny fragments of nuts and Doritos. Crisps. Little mini Doritos. These are, yeah, these are, this is the crushed Doritos at the bottom of the bag. It's the scrapings from the Doritos factory. Is, but to be fair, the best bit. Yeah, you want the scrapings at the bottom of the bag, always. Mm. What are these, like, um, sort of flowery, airy ones? They look like corrugated, wafery things. You mean like frazzles? Yeah, they do look a bit frazzly. These are quite good. I like the, um, I like the chilli hit. I'd be a bit, bit embarrassed offering them to people at a party though. It would seem my plug just like scraped a load of crap together from the last party. <laughs> Do you think they started as bigger or are they intended to be these very, very small fragments? You've been carrying them around in your bag for the last week. It didn't occur to me that, yeah, it's in a bowl, these are going to look like <laughs> factory seconds. Somebody's just thrown them, thrown a bunch of like what remains in other bowls together. <laughs> that's exactly what it looks like. And the, from the picture on the front, it doesn't seem like that's, we've. Uh, I mean, well, story. obviously they're not to scale. Images, <laughs> massive peanut. Images not representative of actual size. Otherwise, the peanuts would be like the size of a doll's head. Yeah, I think they're trying to pull a fast one. But nevertheless, if you're not too worried about your posh friends coming around and being disappointed in the size of your your um, your <laughs> snacks, they're I'm quite not, tasty. I'm not sure. It does seem like the sort of maybe they in the KP factory. They just had like um, all the stuff that was like runoff. From, from like several years of uh, snack manufacturing <laughs> and then we're just like how are we going to get rid of this stuff that is definitely the origin story of this <laughs> particular snack product it's like do you remember the Cadbury's Fuse bar yeah it was a, 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 I haven't seen one for a long time but it was a, a chocolate bar with sort of bits of biscuit that were clearly leftovers from the manufacturing <laughs> process of something else just like whatever they had yeah Each bits of raisin <laughs> a tiny bit of toffee maybe if you were lucky well you know it's that kind of ingenuity that got us through the second world war <laughs> hence spam oh, in a can kind of <laughs> so are these a, a particularly um you know i don't like talking about money lee but are these a particularly budget item or are these uh marketed at a sort of um premium end i think these are about 199 for this bag i think i i should have i should have remembered to bring a, the receipt along i think uh, kp are probably doing quite well on their on their margins with snackers <laughs> <laughs> think they were just going to sweep it down the drain anyway <laughs> yeah well, you know, there are other varieties. There's salt and vinegar and salted varieties. But I would highly recommend the, sweet, the, the spicy chilli variety. But you know what? Uh, I, I would want to have marketed this as KP Sweepings. And it would have had yeah, uh, honesty. Yeah. yeah. Yes, austerity snacks, KP yeah. Sweepings. Yeah. We, we ought to, we ought to uh, email them and... Uh... We should serve it in, like, a dustpan. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
did your school have a ghost in a tower? Yes. Yeah. Every it had a clock tower, it had a ghost tower. Right, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, my school did, Greg's did, the uh, John's did. I think it's just like, it's a thing. Every school in the country. If your school had a clock, a, a ghost in the tower, let us know. And That's our school was a very modern school. It right. was probably only built in the 60s or 70s, but mm. it was, it, it did have what was loosely a clock tower. And the clock was a very modern kind of it was an analog um clock on the outside but yeah it was it was no big ben we're not talking about like you know hogwarts here yeah. um and yet the the rumor was that there was a ghost who had got caught up in the mechanism i can't remember his name but i think the ghost was male and i think the ghost had a name and he got caught up in the mechanism in the clock tower um and he would you know haunt the school and, and various people claimed to have seen him or to have friends who'd seen him it was obviously always even from, like, the age of nine, I was sceptical. Right. Um, but the, the clock, I can't believe, would have even had big gear-like mechanisms in it. I mean, I'm, I'm picturing a, a little box. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah, it was a electric machine. Yeah, it wouldn't it have been a big, you know, like, wind-up clock. that thing from Hugo? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. Did you have a... A tradition of doing the thing from Alien with the um, compass on your between your fingers Where you really sort fast. Of alternate, yeah. um, prodding the table hard with the with the knife yeah. or compass between your fingers. Possibly, yes, we did. Possibly the math lesson. Scalpels. Possibly before your math teacher arrived. <laughs> it's scalpels. Did you have scalpels? And, or maybe yeah, if you were if you were supposed biology. to be dissecting a frog or something, right. you'd obviously you take the opportunity while you had a pointed object. Great is fun. Like, what is that? Is it because teenagers are sort of um, need to? I don't know, test their mortality somehow. <laughs> I think um, there's a fair bit, as you're growing up, there's a fair bit of asserting dominance and and showing that you're brave and that you're mm. grown up enough to do this mm. thing, you know, mm. that you're not a child anymore. You can you can run a scalpel around your fingers and it'll be fine. Yeah. But mainly, uh, what I seem to remember is showing off to girls. I don't think it was just, no. you know, lads for the sake of it yeah. having fun, but, you know, ma- show, showing the girls how brave you were, I definitely definitely remember that happening mm. were you a good girl or a naughty girl at school were you were you generally I was, I was quite good I was a bit there was always like we were a bit rough <laughs> me and my friends and then there were always people who were much more naughty who for mm. example ran out of the school gates that was like the worst thing you could do don't like, do that remember when Ashley ran out of the school gates he was like the worst person in the school and that was like oh my god it's like you've broken out of prison it was like that bad it was like fucking hell he's, he's actually gonna be arrested now because he, he ran out of school during school hours but, uh, and I looked him up um, years later thinking I wonder what happened to Ashley like he was he was always constantly in trouble and there's a news story about him doing some kind of like racing a car over a bridge and causing a crash or oh, something. Oh wow! It continued adult. to be yeah, a, a thrill seeker. He'd still yeah. So wow. they just don't change. Um, That's interesting. But, we had we certainly yeah. had our equivalent of that. I remember the the famous knife fight um, between <laughs> I think it was James and Tim. Yeah, there was there was a fight. where It got a bit out of control. They were in the science lab and they had. It, it would have been scalpels again, the, yeah. pros, possibly the same scalpels that earlier in the day we might have been uh, playing playing the game right. with. But um, yeah, they they properly were going for each other. Yeah, a teacher had to had to intervene, and I I think called the police pretty quickly when they saw you know knives being being yeah. uh, flushed Jesus, around. Yeah, it's pretty scary. The reason I ask the question is because I don't think that I knew other than the extreme ends of the scale you know you had the people who were clearly going to prison before they were 20 <laughs> yeah and you had the people who would who would do no wrong but there was a very large group in the middle mm. i think the vast majority of people were both very good and very naughty mm. 
and I was definitely one of those. Like for mm. most teachers, I would have caused no problems. I would have got on with the lesson, and mm. you know, that was it. But just occasionally, and I think this might just be a consequence of growing up and the, all of the the hormones and the, mm. the mental changes that are going on as your as your mm-hmm. brain develops, that you you try things out, and yeah. some of the things you try out are really stupid and yeah. risky and dangerous. And mm. you know, I think I think at school it's really hard to. For, for teachers, I imagine it's really hard because mm. everyone is capable of doing really stupid things and yeah. yet the next day being as good as gold again. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you maybe start, you know, labelling people as being, well, they're, they're, they're going to come to no good, mm. maybe that becomes self-reinforcing. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably a really risky thing to do, to kind of start casting children really young as the naughty ones because they are going to act up to it. Yeah. But no, that's, that's an interesting point, though, because you do get s- sort of told by, I don't know, the media or just kind of the general cultural stereotypes that there are good children and bad children Santa Claus mm. um, but you're right <laughs> there, list you like, on, yeah. but yeah but it's not like that at all is it there are obviously disruptive children but then most kids are sort of both yeah I think um, I think they are mm. I think even kids who other kids would have referred to as in, in my school I would have been called square yeah for being you know sort of goody two shoes you know never, never causes mm. any real trouble and yet I definitely did. I wasn't mm. caught for all of it, but mm. I set somebody's hair on fire in a science class <laughs> one day. You know, that's not that's yeah. not good behaviour. No, it's not really. It's pretty naughty. It's not very cool. Not not, <laughs> cool. not cool. Don't do it, kids. Probably at the age of about fourteen, fifteen. No, it must have been must have been fifteen. Um, there was a kid who had some acid on him. Oh no! At school, and decided that would be a good idea, just to you know take some acid, and that seems really young. You know, 15, yeah. 16, that seems yeah. incredibly young. Yeah. And, you know, it affected him for quite a long time. He was having flashbacks in during A-levels and, you know, oh, it was a def- definitely not a good thing. Wow. But I think it was like, you know, the last day of GCSEs. Mm. And uh, so what What would that be, 16? Mm. 15, 16? Uh, yeah, 16 probably. That's a pretty wayward, <laughs> wayward bit of activity. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he asked me to in- uninstall Doom from his computer because it was, <laughs> was, it was freaking, freaking him out. Him out. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to be able to play it. Oh, and he knew how to undelete it, so I had to delete it properly. <laughs> I couldn't just delete it, I had to delete it properly. Empty the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was DOS, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think one of Lisa Simpson's weddings is now in the past. <laughs> Does that make you feel old, people who know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Surely Lisa Simpson is ageless. Did you have some kind of child wedding? Yeah, Bart, <laughs> Bart and Lisa never no, seem no, to grow up. No, they, <laughs> there was a wedding that was set in the future. There was a, Basically, she was told her fortune, okay. and it was set in the future uh, of 2012, I think, hmm. uh, where she would uh, move to England and marry some guy. Right. Was it you? No, I don't think it was. (laughs) I think it was a sort of a fairly generic kind of um, Hugh Grant-alike. We have gone somehow wildly (laughs) off the topic of snacks. (laughs) So you're holding some biscuits. So talking about weddings. Yes. These are McVitie's Digestives Vanilla Cheesecake Creams. They sound like an intriguing flavour combination. It would be the biscuit of a wedding. Is that is that the wedding? Yeah. Why not? They're creamy You're always so fancy with your um, with your weddings, but really, what people are looking for is uh, slightly more fancy biscuits. This is an interesting form factor. I'd say it's about half of the diameter of a regular digestive. It's like a sort of slightly bigger custard cream, quite vanilla-y. Of course, this is what they're going for with the um, 
with the vanilla cheesecake creams mm. is basically a round custard cream. What's the cheesecake element? I'm not really getting cheesecake from this. The filling, custard. I suppose. The custardy filling. Mm. What well, says cheesecake inspired? Hmm. Mm. Inspired by cheesecakes. Slightly more inspired by other kinds of biscuit, though. I mean, it's mainly a digestive with like a creamy filling, isn't it? It is. Quite nice, though. I'm... It sort of, yeah, it works. Yeah. I can see these at a wedding. You're saying like weddings are so fancy, but there's kind of a trend now, isn't there, for having plain food at weddings? Everyone has sausage and mash and stuff like that. Digestives. Um, well, that could be the pudding. It would work perfectly, wouldn't it? <laughs> or the, um, just one digestive each. Austerity like wedding. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. That's all I've got. If you want well, that was, more. that was oodles. Is that one of the stings? Well, the one that we use all the time. You know, the short version of the. Oh. I can't hold the tune. Well, it was a. It was supposed to be an extract from our theme tune. Yeah, that's the bit. The extract that we always use. Nothing. Nothing like it. I wasn't aware that it was an extract from our theme tune. but I'm glad that it was. I thought that was uncontroversial. You've been to Thorpe Park. I don't know. Maybe it's like a, like a amusement. Park. Are they um, animals as well? I'm not sure. Chessington has animals. Right. Apparently more animals than it used to even. It used to be a zoo and then they turned it into a um, sort of big It's off from the way, isn't it? Like, what is that animals and rides that animals go together, together so well? Yeah. Um, Thought Park, I don't, I don't know if I have. I think maybe I haven't been to Thought Park. Where is it? Thought Park is somewhere in the middle of... Chessington's out just outside London. Thought Park is somewhere further north, like closer to Oxford or... Okay. What I think of as the north of England. Yeah. That's really not the north of England. South coast. Yeah, okay. Um, but I heard recently that one of my favourite things at Chessington World of Adventures, um, which is Professor Burp's Bubble Works, <laughs> has changed its name. And Professor Burp's Bubble Works, because I have to, obviously have to explain it to you if you've not been, uh-huh. um, is a ride which is indoors. You're in a floating boat. Mm. It's a circular contrivance thing you know like a circular vehicle Mm. with maybe seating for six to eight people probably and it floats along a series of uh, kind of channels river you know like an indoor canal essentially Uh but um floats along and there's beautiful scenery and there's um exciting smells and lights and you know Mm. nicely designed sets it's kind of you know imagine disney done a bit on the cheap yeah but it's also got lots of water it's the bubble works. There's, there's bubbles blowing around various places, but there's also um, jets of water flying just above your head, sheets mm. of water, curtains of water that you think you're going to get wet and then they stop just in time. It's really exciting. That's brilliant. And plenty of opportunity for the more you know boisterous, adventurously minded mm. rider of the ride to stick their hand into the water flowing above their heads, which you're not supposed to do. Ooh. But when you do, everyone in the boat gets really wet. It's yeah. very funny. Good laugh. <laughs> so you can come off stone dry if you want yeah. or totally dripping wet. Yeah, that marks you out as a hero right. among in among the teenage men. boys exactly. kind of stabbing your hand with a compass. <laughs> That's yep. what I remember. Yep. Brilliant. Of going to Chessington, but <laughs> apparently Professor Burp's Bubble Works, which I like mainly because of its name, frankly, yeah, um, has changed its name. It's now branded. Apparently, haven't haven't confirmed this, but I'm I'm reliably informed by somebody I trust, right, that it's now been branded Imperial Leather. <gasps> some years ago, no, rethemed and turned into soap theme isn't that terrible that's the worst thing i've ever heard i'm so distraught that it's gone from this <laughs> oh, kind of childhood awful. fantasy no. to being a bit of corporate propaganda is it now sort of 
marketed at middle-aged men as well. <laughs> what, what, what worries me is that that is a brand that doesn't know anything about fun, mm. that is indeed mm. aimed at you know middle-aged men and women shaving their legs in the shower. I'm thinking mm. of you know luxurious. Mm. You don't want so. Reminds me of my so, grandparents. Right, exactly. Leather, it's, yeah. it's kind of maybe they're trying to do an old spice with this. They're trying right. to be young and funky, funky but yeah. um, funky. <laughs> Let's jazz it up a bit. You know, <laughs> words that people in marketing <laughs> probably don't use in meetings. Um, yeah, all, all funky and jazzy. Mm. Um, the, the thing that worries me most, though, is that if you're in a, a, a ride where you know water might get on you and yeah. in your eyes. You don't want to be thinking of that as being soapy water. You don't want soap anywhere near you. Keep the soap out of my eyes. <laughs> I like the idea of a sort of watery ghost train as well. One of my favourite things on a ghost train, and this is very disruptive and I don't recommend it because it's, it's really, it's not in the spirit of it at all, but it's quite funny, is to, um, when like the guys jump out at you in their scary costumes. Which they will do. Yeah. If you've never been on a ghost train, listeners, be it warned. It does happen. It's not just the train bit. There's also <laughs> some people... And they're there Prepare to scare for you. It. And yeah. when they do jump out, oh. take a flash photo in their face. <laughs> <laughs> Just be ready for it. Be ready for it. They'll be so surprised. And they'll look really stupid. And you have a brilliant photo of what they're actually wearing. And it's normally like some trainers, tracksuit, and just a shit mask, in my experience. But that's what I like to do on ghost trains. As many flash pictures as you can. It's so really awful doing. It's really mean, but it's actually really funny as well. Do you get thrown out for doing that sort of thing? Uh, no, they, you know, they take your money. They don't really care. <laughs> don't mind. The carnies. Um, but no, this—that's tragic about the bubble thing. Can we launch some kind of campaign? I'm distraught. It, return to yeah. It's put me off Imperial Leather. Never find that again. Put me off Chessington and oh, Imperial Leather. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about uh, Chessington is the Vampire Ride, mm. which is a. Uh, um, a roller coaster, but you hang down. Mm. Uh, it was one of the first ones in, I'm going to say the world, but probably Europe, right. where you were sort of suspended and like your feet Nemesis. were hanging. Right. Nemesis, mm. uh, yeah, she was probably even better, but before Nemesis, I don't remember whether your feet are hanging quite as free as they are in Nemesis. Maybe mm. you're in the sort of, there's a, there's a thing beneath you, but but it's still suspended from the air rather than being on top of a track. So it was right. quite quite innovative for its mm. time, 20 or, you know, however long it was, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, that was a, that's a good ride. Mm. I like it. There's a guy on my team called Jordan. Hello, Jordan, who is a real obsessive of roller coasters mm. and will go out of his way to go on holiday to a place that has good roller coasters and will right, you know, just, yeah. just do do the good ones. So yeah, if you ever need any tips. Have you seen the euthanasia coaster? I've not seen the euthanasia coaster, <laughs> oh, but I'm intrigued. Tell I'm me more. I'm obsessed with it. It's a brilliant. It's, so I'm imagining um, something in Switzerland. <laughs> I've actually got it open. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, it's not a real thing. Oh. It's a, a speculative design by a sort of artist design architect guy called um, Julianus Urbanus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. No that's doubt, it. that's that's just spot on. But it's the most amazing thing. It's a, an incredibly high. It's uh, what's that? A third of a mile high roller coaster design. It has one super high peak, and then it has a decreasing um, loop the loop circles. So it starts up. You go oh, up yeah, a big so, hill like, yeah. like you normally would in a roller coaster. Chugs you right up to the top of the, the hill, yeah. And that's a third of a mile high. Yeah. And then as it as it descends... And then it immediately... It's like a really, really steep, steep drop. vertical drop. Into yeah. a series of increasingly tight loops. That's it, exactly. And the idea being that, as you probably guessed from the name, um, you send like 30 people up alive and they all come out <laughs> dead at the end. <laughs> and he's justified this murder coaster by saying, well, you know, maybe people do... People are terminally ill or people want to die for whatever reason... 
uh, could, this could be a fun way to do it because it's exhilarating and you gradually you lose consciousness on like the first couple of loops right. and if you don't lose consciousness on the first couple of loops you will do you will by, by the, the fourth or fifth and by yeah. the last one you'll be dead exactly you'll because the g-force be will just I, what, what tear your brain from your I, skull yeah, What's the, what, um, what happens it's called a grey out so I can read this yeah it's it's really really unpleasant and, and if you're at all of a delicate disposition I don't recommend looking it up and looking at the pictures because there, there's he's done some kind of visualisations of faces as this happens to them and oh, it, they're nice. kind of freaking out yeah, nice. and it's quite disturbing it says the euthanasia coaster will kill its passengers through prolonged cerebral hypoxia or insufficient supply of oxygen to the brain the ride's seven inversions would inflict 10G on its passengers for 60 seconds. That's a lot. Right. 10 is a lot of G. You don't want that many G. <laughs> too many G. That's too many G. Causing Two G- or three, that's kind of fun. Right, right. 10, causing too G- many G. <laughs> this is what happens. Causing G-force-related symptoms starting with grey out through tunnel vision to blackout. Eventually G-lock, G-force-induced uh, loss of consciousness. Depending on the tolerance of the individual passenger to G-force, the first or second inversion would cause cerebral anoxia, rendering passengers brain dead. Subsequent inversions would serve as insurance against unintentional survival of particularly robust passengers. Wow. So it's uh, it's quite amazing. And this was exhibited at the Science Gallery in Dublin, which I'm always trying to recommend to people because it's an absolutely amazing place. It's like a... It has loads of stuff like this, just mad inventions and mad ideas that are actually basically founded in good science, but just the most incredible thing. Taken to logical and illogical extremes. Yeah, which I love. So it was shown there in 2011, and uh, it became a bit of a a cult sort of internet thing. um, Oh, that's amazing. No, I haven't come across that. I I was wondering what the highest roller coaster in the world is compared to this third of a mile high thing. Because if it went a bit wrong, potentially... You know, it, you could you could easily be killed on a roller coaster. Generally, because they because they fall off rather than because, because the because is so powerful. Lack of oxygen <laughs> in your brain. Yeah. yeah. Neil Hopkins has been in touch. Yeah. Hello, at Thermal Satsuma, to say apparently the one o'clock Sheffield siren, which we talked about last week. Yes. Apparently, the one o'clock Sheffield siren was to let people set their clocks accurately. Had nothing to do with miners. I don't know. I don't understand the logic of that. Why would people need to set their clocks? It seems like an odd service to provide. It, it is unusual. I've never heard this before. It's like forcing the talking clock on people <laughs> on a city-wide yeah. basis. You're all going to be told I at mean, one o'clock. A better way might just be have have an accurate clock in the city. Somewhere that everyone could visit if they needed to know the time. There is a clock where I think I associate with where the siren noise comes from. There's okay. actually a clock in a tower in a building in the middle of Sheffield. Is Sheffield well known for its watchmaking? No. So maybe Sheffield is a sort of place that people might have had really shoddy watches. It's a watch black hole. And <laughs> therefore people yeah. were constantly needing to reset them during the day. Hmm. It could be that Sheffield is known for steel. Steel. Is steel magnetic? Yes, it is. So maybe people's watches kept getting pulled out of time by because of all the, the steel. magnetic steel I think, I think you've got it. And the cutlery. Yeah, I think all of that steel yeah. means that timekeeping was a nightmare in Sheffield. Right, we've sort of, we've worked it out. I think we've solved that one. That's good. Oh, I love when that happens. When I was in Italy, I made some notes about uh, about fashion. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm known for my fashion uh, fashion yeah. sense. I'm, I'm not sure I believe any of these notes I anymore. imagine the Italians were making notes on you as they, you walked around they too. probably really. were. I had, I had my walking shorts on. <laughs> yeah. And my uh, my walking boots. Yeah. Cut a handsome figure. What what I've uh, what I've 
written down here. Is it wear a fur coat in the middle of August? <laughs> no, I didn't see any fur coats. No, no, Is that okay. a thing that... I think I've seen Italian ladies in in sort of inappropriately overly dressed in the middle of summer. Well, they are quite elegant mm. in their fashion. I found that the Italian women themselves were generally favouring the kind of beige or tan trouser. Okay. With maybe a white blouse. Yeah. Wedge heels were quite popular. Right. They tended to be quite well dressed. Yeah. Like they were making an effort. And, and Italian men, blue linen suit, that was that was the, the uniform. Blue right. linen suit, and especially looking cool if you're on a moped. Right, that is yeah. fucking cool. And the sunglasses. Wow. And the black hair. I yeah. am oh. a heterosexual man. <laughs> I fell in love many times in Italy just with the idea of either being or being with a man on a, in a blue linen suit on a moped. They are, but like all Italian youngish men are really attractive. It's like a rule. Even the ones that are just like waiters and stuff. They, they are, are all. <laughs> they are all beautiful. They're all gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how that's possible. It's not the case in this country. It's, I know, I've noticed. It's, it's really not. It doesn't translate. What I saw a lot of wasn't Italian people, was, was um, actually tourists. I saw mm. a lot of tourists, and they don't dress as well. Yes. You're in Rome, right? In Rome. Yeah. And so the fashion, the fashion tips that I took from it, yeah. if you want to blend in, and mm. you may not wish to, mm. were that if you're aged between 18 and 27, you probably want some ankle-high boots. Right. That's a thing. For either sex. No, for for women. This is this is women's fashion advice that, right. I'm, that I'm fully equipped to give. Yeah. Um, eighteen twenty seven year olds um, <laughs> or thereabouts. Yeah. You want some short shorts. Yeah. That is going on this summer. Often blue denim, but other materials are acceptable too. Right. Short shorts, and I mean, yeah, really short. So short. So you can see the pockets. So the pockets yeah. are hanging out the yeah, bottom of the, the shorts. Thing. Yeah. That's how short were they, they should be. Were they kind of frayed? Were they like they're being, or were they often ripped, ripped. or, or mm. frayed looking? Mm. Foxed is a word that we used to use a few years ago. Mm. I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's still that. in the mm. in the vocab. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm. we're talking short shorts. On on top, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what you're wearing because of the short shorts. Right. No one's looking. No one's looking above the shorts. <laughs> but probably something tight, maybe tastelessly revealing a bit of side boob. Right. Um, the really tasteless version of that is to go for side boob while wearing a bra showing through the armhole. I mean, that's really nasty. Isn't that better than not wearing a bra, though? Is it? No. I don't I know. Would... Human flesh, quite attractive. Inappropriate amount of bra showing. Oh, I don't Probably know. less attractive, actually. Okay. It's bit... a bit Amy Winehouse. Mm. Mm. Bit disturbing. I can see that. For the older lady, yeah. just a lovely summer dress. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't be getting your boobs on show or your bra. Mm. And don't try for the short shorts. Just a nice, and what, loose what are they wearing on their summer feet? dress. I don't know because the summer dress covers it up. Oh, a long summer dress, like a maxi dress. Like a well, I don't know what maxi it. means in this context. Uh, a long it just means floor like length. a sort of slightly seventies, very long. Yeah. yeah, get it to the floor. Right, you'll be walking on marble and stone anyway. <laughs> I you think know, we should make Rue's fashion tips like a, a week, an episode, regular thing. In the evening, think, yeah, white jeans. It's quite kind of eighties yeah, vibe going on. A little on. bit. I, th- I think there's some some. That does say Italian fashion. to me, though. White jeans. Well, I think it's yeah. what people who aren't Italian, who want to think that they're looking Italian, mm, wear. Mm. I don't think the Italians were wearing the white jeans, but I think it was the people in Rome oh. thinking about the Italian look. And, yeah. Oh, I'm going to wear white jeans. Yeah. If you're visiting the Vatican, mm. you will need to cover your shoulders and your thighs. Right. Those rules are enforced. Thighs. Yeah. Right. You mustn't have too much thigh on show, and your shoulders must not be bare. Right. A lot of people, especially in the height of summer, 
they get stuck. Yeah, so what happens if you go in like that? Do you get kicked out? Well, they, they ask you to put they something on, right. and, and often... Um, and you a shawl. Well, the, the only thing that I imagine was happening, because I saw this happen to a few people, mm. um, was that maybe the, the people who guard the Vatican mm. on the way in have a collection of those blue plastic ponchos, <laughs> because I saw quite a few wow. scantily clad women covering up with translucent plastic <laughs> over, their, over their bodies and walking around the Vatican in a, on a hot day. That's brilliant. Avoid that. So, you know, you probably want be... a pashmina or a shawl or, you know, some, something to It'd be up. brilliant, though, because, like, the, the place must just be full of blokes with, like, plastic poncho fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> where you should go. Yeah, it's a total hack of the Vatican rule. And I, I believe you when you say that all Italian men are really... Uh, really good looking. I totally, mm. totally believe you. Italian women, mm. it goes either way. <laughs> oh no, really? There, there's, it's not even a spectrum. There's, there's a binomial distribution. There's two um, distinct classes of Italian women. Yeah. There's Is the, it like the pizza mama. Right. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> the really hot. super elegant. Yeah. Um, incredibly fit and attractive. Um, you know, really going out of their way to look and be elegant and mm. and really, you know, looking after themselves. Mm. And then there's, then there's the others. And there are some <laughs> really, you know, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have, you know, made the made the you know jokey, very prejudiced assumption that women let themselves go, mm. and that the younger women are attractive and, and skinny, mm. and then when you hit thirty, all Italian women, you know, taste for pasta and they and they bloat and they they balloon yeah. into a larger woman. I no longer believe that's true. Right. There are elegant, svelte, slender, older ladies. Yeah. And then there are the ones who are. Quite, quite a lot larger. Because Italy does have a huge culture of basically fattening food. Food as well. is a big part of the daily life. So, so it must yeah. be like really, it's almost like a statement not to be, not to just give into it. I suppose it's be quite hard to maybe, kind of go, yeah. yeah, like you're just going, yeah, I understand that this is how we live out here. Or maybe they just do have like really fast metabolisms and oh. there's like a race. Do a lot of, of coke. Maybe yeah, yeah. Or drink loads of espresso. Smoking a lot and drinking a lot of espresso. Smoking's yeah. probably a big thing. Yeah, yeah. that's true. When I, whenever I go to France, it, I always count it's like a massive achievement if I get mistaken for a French person in a shop. Ooh. It's always amazing. It's brilliant. Do you feel really quite, quite elegant? Yeah, and you're chic, like, you oh yeah, ooh. Oh. Um, and obviously it's just nothing. It's just like they're just kind of going. Oh, it's really, and you sort of ask if like you know you need some help in French rather than coming up and immediately knowing that you're English. And it's like, oh nice, I must be a bit tanned or like I must. Yeah. Have, there's something that's like. And then you immediately have to. You kind of hang on for as long as you can. You oh, savor the moment. So your French isn't isn't not fluent. No, no, of course. So do you do a, you do sort of pass yourself off as French by just smiling enigmatically for a few seconds a before you while. reply? Yeah, you hold on just to kind it of enjoy for as long the as you can. <laughs> have you been to Bletchley Park before? No, it was my first right. time. And when you say you went to Bletchley Park, yeah. Did you go to the Museum of Computing, the I, National Museum of oh, Computing? Sadly, that was closed on the day that I went. But the Colossus bit was open. Right. So I went in there. And the main park museum, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, main, the main bit of Bletchley, with the bomb machines. Yes. Uh, or the bomb, as I like to call it. The <laughs> e. uh, that was there. And I got some, got some sound recording of that. Excellent. Yeah. 
Sadly, the actual National Museum of Computing mm. wasn't open. So what did I miss? What was in there? What was that bit well, about? Well, the, the National Museum of Computing, we, in fact, had on our last Christmas episode, I think, um, I got some. I got them to send us some recordings of the Wolverhampton Witch, you'll witch. remember, we which was the like... sound tick, of the witch, tick, yeah. Very tick-tick. Yeah. Which, they all sound a bit like that, don't they? They've all got that yeah. kind of... But kind distinct. Of They're all a bit different, yeah. Yeah. So they've got that, which is the oldest, one of the oldest computers, effectively, um, counting machine thing yeah. and then they also have uh basically the entire history of computing from the beginning from sort of colossus to the present day okay. um so you start with colossus and then you could walk around this route and they've got loads of um like 80s games consoles and then presumably now a raspberry pi yeah, the, I think they the probably have. The... They've got a 1980s classroom, which is Ooh, amazing. It's just like, lots of BBC Micro like, Bs in it. Uh, it is full of BBC Micros. And it also it's like not... It's something that I, I think would never existed in the 80s because we never had that many. Oh, well, we had one. Our right, entire had school one. Had, we had, had one. We had one for our school. Yeah, for the right. whole school. Yeah, young right. listeners will be like, shut up. Yeah, we had the one computer and it was you, yep. you could wheel it around the school. Yeah, big old a, brown monitor on the well, top. Well, big is, a, is exaggerating. It was... What thirteen, fourteen inches? It wasn't. It wasn't a big monitor. Big in terms of the depth. Oh, it was. It was, it was chunky. It was a cube. It was a cube. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now kids have to have a fucking laptop each, or they think they're being hard done by at school, right. don't they? It's mental. And an iPod Touch. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and an iPad. I heard recently, probably on another podcast, mm. and I don't have children yet, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently the kids today. Mm with their various iPhones and iPod Touches, apparently the only way of being cool is if it's cracked. Oh, no. Is that true? I don't... That must be a joke. It can't be true. That's like the ripped jeans kind of thing. It's, it's kind of a bit buffed then. If, then that, like that cool. makes you kind of... That's OK, that's acceptable. Otherwise, it's a bit too shiny, you know, trying too hard. Like clean trainers. Right. You bright, yeah, oh. you don't want bright, shiny white trainers. Equally, if your screen hasn't been cracked, you want to be cracking that screen. That's awful. So they go around cracking their screens with rocks and stuff to try and... So we have... I know we have some teachers who listen. Hopefully we don't have too many children who listen. But if you know about these things, I want to hear from you. I want to know if this is bollocks. Mm. Because it might be specific to the US. It might be a Californian thing, and it might not have migrated this way over here yet. I had a game for you, Ruth. Oh, yeah? I've... Remember a while ago, you just written down the words Kardashian or Kardashian. It was an idea. Yeah. But it, we didn't have an implementation of the idea. Right. It was you know? Wouldn't it be fun if there was if a there thing. was a thing? And it was just a name, and yeah. it was Kardashian, as yeah. in the weird aliens from Star Trek. But aren't they the mercenary um, ones? They seem to them being a bit scaly. Yeah. Sort of blue and grey and scaly. Oh yeah. So yes. and, and then the other Kardashians um, with a K. Yeah. Kim is one of them. She's the famous one. Yeah. They're all a bit famous, I suppose. They are. But they've all got booty. They have got booty. <laughs> they tend to be, you know, they're known for their sass. They have their own TV show. I couldn't name any I've other couple. I don't know who the other ones are called, no. It was Kim. great how we didn't even really know if Jesse J was a person in that episode a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, Kim is one. Kim's the most famous one. She's the one. The There's others, ones, though. All her sisters. Okay and... All her sisters and... Yeah. I don't know, but maybe her aunties. I don't know how far the family tree extends, but I think they're all on television in some form or another. I'm not sure I could pick any of them out in a lineup. No. Kim, maybe. She has quite a distinctive makeup thing going on, which I've, um, I've been quite interested in. You've been copying that? I haven't been copying it, because right. it's it's almost like face paint, what she does. Mm-hmm. She, she sculpts her face... To look Sounds amazing. like a different shape to what it is, what? sort of thing. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Is she accentuating her cheekbones? I think she's sort of trying to make her face look a bit 
thinner maybe so by, she does by piling like, on the makeup by doing it in different colors yeah work. it's quite interesting well it sort of does and it, but it looks very sort of um she's quite round fake. isn't she i mean i'm not <laughs> saying she's, she, she's yeah she's curvy. she's pregnant i think at the moment to well, be that, fair to her that, no. that will explain a lot but, <laughs> but she yeah she's a she's bootalicious yeah she's she's um she's a healthy adult female <laughs> she is she's not one of these scrawny supermodel yeah no. you know she's got hips so anyway, on the Kardashian versus Kardashian thing, right? I was thinking. Um, recently, I saw some tweets by some nerds. Who, <laughs> in fact, one of whom we've interviewed on the show. Which we've interviewed could, a lot of nerds. Which could easily have been said by somebody very unnerdy, <laughs> and it was so surprising hearing them say it. But then often you get the opposite thing happening, where someone like Kim Kardashian, right. who does, I think, have a Twitter account, or at least a sort of joke one that someone maintains for her. <laughs> right. uh, one she will other. say, I can't remember, I've seen something about her on Twitter, but they will say that people like her or Cheryl Cole or whatever might say something that's a little bit... Nerdy. Or she might mention a meteor shower or... Right, right, exactly, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and you might think, oh my and goodness. And you might be really surprised to see who it was that said it, yeah. yeah. So I thought a good game, and Kardashian versus Kardashian, would be <laughs> the Karda- Kim Kardashian <laughs> column yeah. is um, people who are, you know, a bit uh, celebrity and um, not known for having great intellectual depth. Ashton Kutcher. Right, it could be him. It could be any of those kind of people. All of those kind of people. People on Twitter with more than two million followers. Yeah, yeah. Those right. sort of people. Yeah, who kind of do selfies and they go to a, oh, an award show and stuff. Gotta love a selfie. Whereas um, the Cardassian column right. is the kind of rational nerd brain person who says something that sounds really unnerdy and surprising. Um, for example... They try and go a bit mainstream, kind of yeah, discreet. Yeah, or it's just really like you didn't realise they're into that thing. For example, John Graham Cumming, who wrote The Geek Atlas. Yeah. And he's a good, really good geek, actually. He's, he's a nerd. A I mean, and, and a proper geek, yeah. yeah. Like he, he writes code. Yeah. Uh, he sends things into space. Yeah, he goes on... For fun. Um, he, he's always on Hacker News with yeah. his interesting hacks he's done. He's a good hacker. He's brilliant. He did a tweet the other day that said, Oh, no... There's another Smurf film. <laughs> I hate the Smurfs. Seriously. That's brilliant. Which I love. That's not the sort of thing you imagine him saying... No. ...on his blog. No, you don't imagine him being particularly into that sort of thing. That's interesting. This is a bit like naughty children and, and nice children. You are neither one thing nor the other. You can be yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good game you've invented. So, thank you. It's got a name and now it's got, a, <laughs> now it's got rules. If you've seen a tweet that is, like, amusingly out of context for the person who's saying it because they're either not that nerdy or much too nerdy yeah. for what they're saying... Yeah, surprising tweets that you send wouldn't it. have thought. Send, yeah. send them to us um, and we'll, uh, we'll thank you profusely. Send them... Yeah, send them to us and... Say who said them, and then we can do the Kardashian versus Kardashian game. Yeah, and send us your um, your childhood games mm. and songs. Uh, any <laughs> anything that you used to play at school, um, we want to know about that because we might do a thing. We could do that. It'd be if, fun uh, if anyone wants us to do a thing at their event. But if we, we're yeah. available, I'd like to do a stage thing again. It was really cool. Part of me wants to agree with you. <laughs> oh, no. So I, I, in theory, I totally agree, and I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, you know, doing doing fun stuff yeah. with fun people is always good. Equally, there is a little part of me that that shivers in fear at any sort of live event. The safety net of podcasting and the ability to edit out yeah. the, the bits where I make myself sound horribly sexist <laughs> or stupid or. You know, what well, if it was very, if it was very controlled, and we we could like host a 
panel or some, you know, like a quiz show or something. A nice format. That would be, yeah. A, good, so we a would, full game so of Kardashian versus on. Kardashian. Yeah. yeah. Something that, yeah, that'd be great that'd be on good. stage. We'll just do that. That'd be so fun. Let's do that. Yeah. At, um, at some play, some kind of games or play related thing. In yeah, London. some some popular Invite London us. play conference. Could be any. Any of them. <laughs> um, we would like to do that, please. Yeah, we'll do a thing. Nobody even have to pay me for that. That's fine. No, no. Just turn up. Totally. Maybe maybe travel. Well, even um, that, I, you know, well, I come to London, I like anyway. travel. Oh, you, you, you come from further now. <laughs> it's not that. It's not expensive. Uh, other news: Shay Reynolds. Yeah. We've upgraded our car. Oh, right. As promised last time Exciting, we spoke. Yeah. So we've gone from a three-door C1 yeah. uh, upgraded to a five-door C3. Oh, a Citroen. A Citroen. Right, we had a C- I had a C- C1 previously, you? yeah. C1s are quite good. Um, so a C3 is quite big, isn't it? It's not that big. Compared to a C1, though. It's a little bit bigger than a C1, yeah. yeah. It's the next one up. The C1's only got two doors, right? You, uh, did I did. I think some yeah. of them do have five doors. And honestly, if we'd bought a five-door C1, that would have been fine. Right. It's the problem with getting the doors open and getting um, getting a baby seat or yeah. you know like a, a travel system as mm. discussed last week <laughs> in the back seat. So yeah, we needed five doors. And frankly, if I could have paid or oh, anything up to two grand mm. to a garage to just add some doors to the car, right? I would have done that. But that's not an done. option. I don't think yeah. that's an easy You'd thing find to do. The right, the right um, engineer. <laughs> They'd have to shrink the they front would. doors and in, introduce back doors, and yeah, that would have been quite tricky. They could like get a, a weld, welding iron and burn through the side of your car. Too. Well, now you're making me think that I could, could just could have done it. You could have done it. With an angle grinder and I mean, some hinges, it, I could have solved this problem. It wouldn't have looked good, let's face no, it. it wouldn't have looked awful. <laughs> but it's not about the looks, is it? It would have saved me some money. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we traded in our, our old car and Great. we bought a, a little red C3, which is very nice. Oh, nice. Uh, it's, uh, it's, got, it's got a slightly bigger engine, makes a lot less noise, a bit mm. less rattly. They are a bit rattly. Yeah, they're nice. I mean, they're nice, but they're very small. Basic, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is good. We've now got um, got a, a car fit for a baby seat. It's quite an ISOFIX on the back seat, thanks to everyone who said ISOFIX is the way forward. What's ISOFIX? It's a way of fixing uh, a thing to a car. Right. So it's like a standard way of sort of European standard for, for a connecting a baby to a car. Okay, right. <laughs> you want to do that pretty steady. You want that to be pretty sturdy. What, what do you mean, though? Even I don't even understand. Is it like a frame? Is it like it's is it like Velcro? Is un- it- <laughs> under seat clipping action. Okay, right. I see. So in the gap between the between the um, between the cushions on the back seat, mm. there's a little sort of clips that that are sturdy and mm. are part of the frame of the car, rather right. than what you might have previously seen. Which is a seat that maybe you strap the yeah. strap the uh, seatbelt mm. around it. Not nice very good. Yeah. Not very good. So it's mm. a lot safer um, and quite easy as well. Right. So easy is good. And how's Rachel doing? She's all right. Pregnancy wise. Yeah, right. she's all right. Well, what are we now? Like four months ish. Uh, I think we're yeah sixteen weeks on that. So we're coming up coming up uh, in in the next few weeks. We'll be having our second scan. Right. And we'll get to see whether um, our baby is a baby boy or a baby girl. Exciting. Or a baby hermaphrodite, or a you know, baby... <laughs> a baby alien. A, 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 uh, is it kicking? Yeah, it? definitely kicking. Can you feel it? I can't feel it yet, but Rachel can feel it kicking. Wow. It was quite exciting. So we've got a little baby on the way. Oh. Yeah, we've got a cot. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Oh. Um, we've got a little bath. It's quite cute. Yeah. A little miniature bath. Oh. Also, excitingly, um, my brother's having a baby. Two weeks, maybe three, after our baby. So oh, my wow. mum has gone from thinking she strange. might never be a grandma to being yeah. a double grandma. 
That's amazing. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be cousins and they'll be the same age. Oh, they will be. Yeah. That's brilliant. We're going to grow up together, which Aww. is great. And I've also got a few friends who are having babies around the same time as well. God. So we're, the, our baby's not going to be um, not going to be alone in the world. We yeah. have you know eight same, similar aged friends. But they'll be as like the the people that we both know as well. who have had babies in the last year or so, and and they'll all kind of be growing up at the same time. Right. And we can you can have like a. I don't know, a crash, a nerd Super crash. Hello, my name's Dave Gorman, and you're listening to Shift, Run, Stop. Well, we should go. We should wrap up. Mm, but uh, nice to see you, Layla. Yeah, and you. And, uh, you know, have a good have a good week. We should watch The X-Files soon. That's yeah. the thing we should do. Yeah. I've got it. Season 1, Episode 3. I've got a copy of it now. Right, you've got your copy. Legitimately. <laughs> I've got a legitimate How copy. How did you get it? I, I rented it on Love Film. And uh, I haven't returned it yet. We'll uh, we'll do X Files in probably the next episode now, I suppose. Probably will be. We said that last time, but it probably will be this time. Yeah. yeah. Really, before we before we say goodbye, can I just show you my shitty knockoff iPhone? <laughs> what have you got? This cable. I bought I bought my cable died. Yeah. So your I had to your buy iPhone cable. One. My iPhone to laptop charging cable. Now, USB. You've you've just handed me this cable, yeah. um, and even without looking at the label, yeah. just the I just feeling it. Mm. This is not been designed in California. No. It's, uh, I got it from Maplin mm. when I asked for a charging wire for my iPhone. And I assumed it was a... I didn't even occur to me that it wasn't an Apple product, but... Uh, In the packet, I can see how it would look like the Apple product. Yeah. Because they've managed to look make it look confusingly similar. But the plastic is a very poor quality. It's very bright white as well, like the trainers we were talking about earlier. Well, it's white now, but yeah. it looks like the sort of plastic that's going to go yellow in about oh. a year. It looks like that kind of old PVC style, you know, the, yeah. the stuff that you used to make drain pipes out of and, and really mm. regretted it. Mm. It feels quite brittle. Mm. It's almost like it's almost like Bakelite. It's like you know, nineteen sixties <laughs> Lego. That's how. That's oh, that white plastic. That would be a good um, a good design for a, an iPhone charger, though Lego style. Anyway, so I got this. And the other interesting thing about it is that the wire is about ten times as long as the. Uh, that the is a long wire. cable, yeah. That's quite interesting. <laughs> Which is quite good, I think, in a way. It's about six like foot long. long <laughs> it actually is. Why? Why do you need such a long cable? Is, I that, don't. is that handy I in your think life? That's all they had, I think. But I'm quite glad it is quite long because um, then I can. Well, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not because I tend to keep my phone and my laptop quite close together. If you were the sort of person who liked um, striding around a room while they were on the phone and was always oh, running out of batteries, yeah. and you need to charge it up while you were talking, That's maybe true. it's got enough flex. Because you know how in Roseanne, yeah. she's got the very long curly phone cable, yeah, and they can walk around the entire house with it. I think you've just got that for I phone charges. I've about that. It's an excellent reference. <laughs> um, also, this plugs into a thing that I've got that plugs straight into the wall, so I could charge my phone in a wall socket whilst also surprisingly far on away on my table. And yeah. So, so I think overall it's a good thing, yeah. uh, even though it's a bit. How much was that cable? A bit deceitful. Mm. I think it was twelve pounds. That's quite expensive. Oh God. See, I thought it was an Apple thing when I bought it. I was like, that would be why it's expensive. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, so you know, if you're, if you're paying by the inch, you've done okay. Um, Rue, it was so nice to see you and catch up and everything. Yes. We, we, you know, we see each other about as often as we put out episodes at the moment, don't we? We don't see each other very frequently, but when we do, it's always nice. So it was, yeah. it was good fun. And um, yeah, the next time we'll probably probably watch X-Files together, which I'm looking forward to. I know, it's going to be fun. And um, you might know the the gender stroke species of your baby by then as well. <gasps> Goodness. <laughs> oh, we'll have we'll have lots to talk about. Mm. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>
That was Shift Run Stop, available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk.